0: I can hear you, just barely hear you. I can just barely hear
1: you. Early one day, I got up the strength to call you on the phone. The president calls your name in the nighttime. I flip back out of the room.
2: Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the Song by Song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I am here today with a very special guest, uh, Mr. Open Mike Eagle. And we are going to talk about the very obscure, very awesome song, Weep Day, uh, which is a uh, B side. We'll get into that stuff soon. So here
1: we go. Went to the tropical island, though everybody said there's some in there. And there was not me to hold in at the West German protest march. Simultaneous events don't happen. We are isolated temporally, and the part is never called.
2: Mike, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show.
3: Of course, man. Always down to talk about the Johns. How are you? I'm good.
2: Uh, So you are um, Chicago born and bred, as am I. Um, Where are you at in in, uh, California right now? Live in LA. LA. So, um, <laughs> I was hoping to talk about uh, when did you move to LA? I mean, you were an adult when you moved to LA, right?
3: Yeah, I uh, finished college and moved out here from there. So, yeah, two thousand four when I moved out here.
2: Okay, cool. So, yeah, I I grew up in. Um, so you you grew up on the South Side. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Arlington Heights and went to Buffalo Grove High School. So I was kind of out near. I mean, I don't. Do you know where those are? Northwest suburbs, like Schaumburg, where yeah. Woodfield Mall is, and all that, where ninety hits. Uh, yes, yeah. So I'm like, I was over there.
3: My parents still live in Arlington. Yeah, Heights. I went to elementary school on the north side, so I spent a lot of a lot of time up around there too.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I was curious. Like, I mean, all sports are being canceled, but uh, I'm a huge White Sox fan. I got into baseball right when when Frank Thomas was coming up. Are you? Uh, are you a White Sox fan by chance? <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, but I'm not really into baseballs. I just happen to be, uh, if I had to choose a white Sox fan, cause I grew up, um, about half a half mile away from Comiskey. Hell yeah. And the only, uh, the only baseball game I've ever been to was one there when I was a little kid.
2: Oh, you've only been to one baseball game ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. And that's probably gonna be my, my uh baseball attendance scorecard. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest of
2: my life. Do you follow any other sports? I mean, I was mostly an indoor kid and a skateboarder, but uh <laughs> baseball's the only thing I really follow.
3: I mean, I, I love basketball, and for a time, I was really, really into watching football as well.
2: Sure, and I mean, when we were growing up, so you're, you were born in 1980, I was born in 1981, so we were like in you know the, the our formative years when you know Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, all you know <laughs> Dennis Rodman, all those dudes were just killing it. You know the Bulls dynasty. Yeah, it, it
3: almost ruined me.
2: Yeah, what what do you mean for like what a, a team should be?
3: <laughs> yeah, like raised my expectations too high. Like I always thought Chicago would win anything all the time. Right. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't realize that it wasn't real. And um, yeah, man, it's been rough since then.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Then you had like Derrick Rose, who just like just just always injured.
3: Always, yeah. I mean, but, you know, when you watch his highlights, you can see why though. Like he he used to jump in ways that a person shouldn't jump. So yeah, uh, it makes sense that his knees were destroyed. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And then you would have been five ish when the Bears won the Super Bowl then Yeah,
3: I remember the Super Bowl shuffle more than I remember the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, same, same, definitely. Man, they did so much hilarious stuff in the eighties, like all that kind of stuff. I still remember the um uh the the one school that I teach at has a gym that was built in nineteen forty. It was almost used in the movie Hoosiers. It was like the um it fell just short of filming that that movie Hoosier's. I don't know if you remember that, Gene Hackman and um yeah who else is in there so really old school big rafters big domed uh roof and like all of a sudden my memory was jogged about the i think it was a mcdonald's commercial where uh larry bird and michael jordan were um like banking shots off the ceiling mm-hmm. and all like this elaborate game I remember of horse. That. yeah
3: <laughs> i remember that very well
2: yeah, yeah yeah and uh i was always a um steve kerr fan just because i loved uh, going for threes no matter how bad i was at them and watching like the three-point competition was my favorite thing but yeah i was curious if you're a white Sox fan i love you know seeing a lot of hip-hop guys wearing uh socks caps i mean for one they got cool colors i mean
3: it, it really was about the colors right before they changed the logo when they had that old gray logo nobody wore that like the gray one with like the blue little sox on it right Nobody wore that, but when it changed to black and white, it was the same thing as, like, the the Raiders, you know, like, sure. kind of black and white, L.A. Kings, like, all this stuff is always popular.
2: Yeah, I feel like I was seeing, like, um... Yeah, like Ice Cube and some of those guys in the 90s wearing socks hats and stuff. And then mm-hmm. you get uh, Chance, of course, is wearing socks hats all the time. I'm a big fan of that because, you know, you got to rag on Cubs fans, even though, you know, most of my friends are Cubs fans. It's just cool to be like, look at these cool guys that are wearing socks hats. Like, who's wearing Cubs hats? Bunch of dorks.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're you're the first hip-hop artist I've had on. I've had a lot of... um. I mean, being on the Punk News Network, I've had a lot of uh, indie rock and um, punk and ska guys on. Um, I just had uh, John Darnielle of The Mountain Goats on. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, Franz Nikolai from The Hold Steady on twice. Wow. Yeah, a bunch of Chicago guys as well. Bob Nana from Braid was on. I'm not sure how much you were familiar with any of that. Uh that I don't know. Late late nineties emo stuff. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, I fell off in the late the emo stuff. I was I was with it till the grunge and then post grunge I didn't like nothing. So Sure. I was I was out until like arcade fire and TV on the radio and stuff.
2: Like, yeah. Oh TV on the radio, they were great. They do um oh what was I just listening to? I'm big into Daniel Johnston. I was just listening to a cover they did of... Oh,
3: I love Daniel Johnston.
2: Oh, who did they... What song did they cover? I want to say it was Walking the Cow.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's that's my jam.
2: Yeah. You know what? Let's segue yeah. into your cover of Cowtown. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to drop a clip of that in. Uh, yeah, right now. Sorry, that that just randomly came to me with the cow thing, walking the cow, cow um, town. Uh, how, so that was in a hotel room where?
3: Oh, God, I don't remember. Let, I have no me, idea where it let, was.
2: It's funny with guests. I often, especially the, the elder rock statesmen, they're like, I don't remember. So I'll Google because like, their memory <laughs> is failing them. And my memory sucks, too. Let me take a look here. Well, what what inspired you to do that? Were you just like sitting around waiting, like to go to soundtrack or whatever for a show?
0: I
3: don't even remember why. I just, um, I feel like that. Okay, so I sing a lot, like just singing a lot, like so yeah. walking around the house or just like in my car, or whatever. I sing a lot, and like, sure, yeah. I tend to just put my own spin on songs anyway, and and it was something about that one where I just was really enjoying how it was sounding, and um, there was a time when I was making an entire like covers album, not of all they might be giant stuff, but there were a few, they might be giant songs. And I got into this habit of like going and looking up the chords and then kind of recreating them, but I'd never put any of them out. But, um, I just gotten struck with wanting to, to do Cowtown, Um, yeah. And so I just took a couple hours, did the chords, did an arrangement, um, and just did it and shot it. And, Uploaded it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. See, so you got your mic there and then a little, like, kind of a focus right or something. A little. Uh...
3: Yeah. That's my travel setup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. That, those little things are great. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, on your uh, YouTube channel, um, it just says Open Mic Eagle Hotel Room Dance Cover, TMBG's Cowtown. The description, you put, I put it all in the title. You guys should suggest more people slash songs to cover. Yersh. yeah and and someone said uh three years ago someone said i need an open mic eagle version of dr worm my band's covered dr worm
3: i mean yeah see that was too complex man i I, you know it's hard you know Linnell gets into all them chords and and i just can't i can't follow with my midi controller you know yeah
2: i mean for one i mean you could change the key i mean it's in f sharp major like i um Play accordion, and I did it with. I did a whole TMBG program with my first graders the past two years, and mm. we did stuff like paleontologist and uh, robot parade and stuff. But we also did Particle Man, uh, Doctor Worm.
3: Which which robot which robot parade version did you guys? The do? yeah,
2: I know there's so many. Um, we did the one that's like the in studio sessions they did uh, that to go along with. No, so it's the one where you see them playing the in a little kids, studio. The kids
3: version. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. The, of course. Oh. Of course. It's first graders. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, oh,
3: okay, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm bad. talking
2: about? Yeah. They're in yeah, the studio. Linnell's got the little, uh, I think, chaos with a K, that chaos pad he has, that touch pad. Um, like, and like, I had my kids doing the robot, robot of course. Um, yeah, like if you change Doctor Worm to F instead of F sharp, just dropped it down a half step, that would make it a lot easier to do mm. the chords. And it's really not that weird of a chord progression, and there's only one key change, and then it changes back. The key change is only like ten seconds long. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably my favorite. They might be a giant song of all time. I mean, I know it it's was, pretty, It was. Yeah. It
3: was one like when I remember when I first heard it, I was obsessed with it. So it might have been like. My favorite for like a year and then it got overtaken by what? Oh, gosh. See, now, now (laughs) to the point though, it it changes, it changes all the time. Like, right, I think my favorite ones now, well, it's hard to say because, like, it's like I have favorite songs now because I'll like I've been listening to phone power like all year. Oh, yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so like, like, like Eknolumba is like one of my favorite songs in the world now, but like that doesn't necessarily take away from like my favorite songs on flood cuz it's like 30 years ago it's like you know what i mean it's, right, it's right, hard right. to it's hard to uh compare and contrast but I have a constantly evolving list of like my favorite Ten, they might be giant songs at at any particular time.
2: Yeah. So, so four days ago, uh, when I was talking to uh, Mark, your manager, I was like, "What you know? What song does he want to do?" And Weep Day was at the top for obvious reasons. We'll get to. But uh, you had, I'd love just like the obscure picks because a lot of these bigger name musicians I talked to, they dropped off like after you know Flood or after Apollo or after John Henry. Um, and it depends on the age of the person I talk to as well. But you were picking all these deep cuts, like, because you went and looked at my spreadsheet, right? Did you, he sent mm-hmm. you the link. Yeah. So, because um, I've had to bump people. Like, um, I think when I had Francis Quinlan from hop along on, I had to, well, I asked one of my friends, I'm like, can you swap songs? She wants to do uh, she's an angel. And he's like, okay. So, you know, and you were, you are such a big fan that you were giving me all these deep cuts that I loved. Weep day, the biggest one. Why did you grow a beard? The deranged millionaire. De- def- beard, man. Yeah. Definition of
3: good. Oh, definition of good that might be my favorite song right now is definitely really
2: nice yeah yeah yeah. yeah. good stuff yeah so it's like man i'm up for talking about any of those because i was expecting you to come back with like well can i do dr worm and like i did dr worm on episode three this is gonna be episode 76 (laughs) you know i did that one with my wife before i knew this podcast would even take off at all i'm like oh i'll just talk to my real life friends you know uh and my wife (laughs) Uh, so let's back up and talk about, um, yeah, you know, well, we got to get into, like, uh, introduce people to you a little bit. Um, but since we started talking about your fandom of They Might Be Giants, let's let's go a little out of order, uh, and then we'll talk about your own work. But let's talk about how you got into They Might Be Giants. And I was watching a Vox video you did a few years ago, and you talk about Birdhouse. Um, was was Birdhouse the first song that you ever heard, or was it one of the Tiny Toons ones It looked like there might have been a Tiny uh,
3: Toons thing? I think that it was all around the same time, but I think Birdhouse was first. I think seeing the Birdhouse video on MTV was like the very first thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Tiny Tunes, and then like I heard Birdhouse again like on a radio and was able to like record it. You know nice. what I mean? Like Undertaped. I taped it on the ra- yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so and played that over and over again. Then then it like hit me that that was the same band that did the Tiny Tunes joints, right? And so then I had to get Flood, and and then everything kind of started from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you immediately go back to... Well, let's see. You would have been... Okay, so when Flood came out, you would have been 9 or 10. It uh, came Mm-mm. out in January, so yeah, you would have been 9. Um, when that stuff was on... I believe the Tiny Tunes ones were right in 1990 as well. Oh, is it? Is there a truck backing up around?
3: <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my place does not have good uh, sound insulation at all.
2: Oh, that's fine. That's fine. So, did you go back right away to get... Uh, Lincoln and the debut and the miscellaneous tea came out pretty soon after that.
3: Uh, I got Lincoln and flood at the same time. So it was just those two, um, back, like just over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, I only had those two until like I was in high school and then I went back and got, I got miscellaneous tea then, um, Oh and then, and then that's when I got uh you know I got Apollo and John Henry and Factory Showroom and then uh, then when I was in college I got the first album and then, and then from that point forward I would get like everything as it came out cuz the first one I got like new was Mint Car.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah man for both of us uh we were in college when that came out. 911. Mm-hmm. Yeah man. What a day for an album to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I. Th- oh, what were they doing? They had like a Tower Records appearance or something. I think scheduled for nine eleven, you know, and of course that got canceled. Or maybe of they did. Maybe they did one the day before, because then Tower Records was releasing it. Like you know, you remember people would like wait outside at like midnight when a big album would come out at a record store.
3: I do. I <laughs> yeah. Do. I, you know, I, I never did that, but you know, I was definitely. Yeah, me neither. I was definitely um, in that generation.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think there were people in. New York City, at the Tower Records, that were waiting there and got their copy. And then, you know, like nine hours later, the shit all went down. Pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, Mink Car is a big one for me. And it's one that I'm not sure if you're aware of this, if you uh, mix it up or follow any uh, fans or uh, anything like that. But uh, Mink Car is like widely contested to be one of their lesser albums, but it's one of my favorite albums.
3: You know, I don't love it um really like there's 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 songs on there i really like a lot like i really like cyclops rock i really like i've got a fang i really like um
2: our first episode was uh our second episode was i've got a fang
3: (laughs) yeah i like um wicked little critter and there's another one just that i really really like i can't remember um man it's so loud in here uh i don't love that song i like it i like it i don't love it though you know,
2: yeah. I just recorded I like the wicked it. little critter episode. Um, my sister lives in Boston. She was too busy to be on, but I found a, a, a Boston native to be on that one.
3: Oh, my man! Yeah, my, my man. man is the other one. That I like that song a lot. The
2: catchiest song about being paralyzed.
3: And then there's there's a bunch of stuff on there that I that I just didn't love as much. You know, sure. But but. But I did like there was there were like four or five songs like I really love these, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me I always uh liken it to to the debut in that it's got a lot of really weird ones and like genre experiments and stuff, but then it's also got the huge pop pop hits, kinda like, you know, the, the pink album going from, you know, rabbit child and chess face to Don't Let it Start and Puppet Head, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so then, then you were like completely like you were hooked young. But then, yeah. I mean, records also became easier to get um, through the mail or to download or now to stream. Yeah.
3: See, because that's what happened too when I got in college and Napster and all that. So that's how, like, that is the road to me doing Weep Day. Is that like you know before I really realized how terrible downloading was, like before I was a musician myself and really understood like you know the cost of all of that. I was a really, really heavy downloader and I got like all of their obscure stuff, all the McSweeney stuff and like the little uh, compilations and B-sides, all the stuff that I never even knew existed. Um, right. I got all of that then. And that's yeah. how I ended up uh, coming across the Weep Day and like Big, Big Hortum and, you know, um, yeah. all, all that all that <laughs> stuff. I almost picked Big, Big Hortum too.
2: Yeah. You know, I, uh, in doing this podcast, they were already my favorite band for like pretty much my, I mean, I was really big into like skate punk and like, uh, yeah, like SoCal bands that, uh, were doing that super fast double time stuff, no effects, Lagwagon, all those bands. Uh, but then like they might be giants overtook all that in college. And ever since some, someone, uh, uploaded a thing where through, uh, their modem, they recorded all of the dial song tracks from the mink car era. So I got shit that's never made it onto an album an EP or anything.
3: That, uh, see, yeah, that if you that's, want that's, some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I definitely do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I will get at you after this episode then. Um, yeah, Weep Day, um, I think this could segue nicely into talking about your career a little bit then to, to back up to that because you have incorporated... Uh, lyrics from Weep Day directly into uh, your song called Qualifiers off your Elm Dark Comedy, which is a very good way to describe the M.I.P. Giants in that the songs are funny on the surface, but very, very dark. As you said in the Vox video, you said. Um, if you ever
3: listen to their songs, the feeling of a lot of them is very happy, and jovial, high energy. Uh, but if you ever read the lyrics, saying it's some fucked up shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then you talk
2: about Where Your Eyes Don't Go, which is a pretty fucked up song. So Dark Comedy, you put out in in 2014. Um, So let's tell people a little bit about your career. Now, that's not your first album, um, but what uh, what inspired you to put Weep Day in particular onto that song, Qualifiers? And I, I will drop in a clip here, especially that outro. Hey,
1: guys.
3: See the deepest screams I hear the darkest blues Might not be synesthesia Might be apartment fumes good, good, Get up and dance Could Get up and dance I will, will wipe my son's ass And get shit on my hands He get in the car and be like that He play some bus drive Why the fuck it take two lines To do with one-liner And why it take three beats To do a two-step Sick days, I got two left So I take five, they boo back I make jazz jokes so I'm flat broke Mad at Lost in that black smoke Fuck you if you're a white man That assumes I speak for black folks Fuck you if you're a white man And thinks I can't speak for black folks Let that soak in your rap clothes, to your head hurt and your back broke Have black soap and have crack smoke I admit that this an imperfect blend Hold up, it's my turn again I'm playing 13 games of words with friends Lift your hands, lift your head If your clothes are clean and your kids fed Mom potty trance with me piss the bed And he can tell I'm heated like infrared, yeah We the best mostly Sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kinda of. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect mine. Respect mine. We the best, mostly. Sometimes the freshest rhymers. We the tightest kind of. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my qualifiers. Respect my. Qualifiers. Respect mine. mine. Do what you hear me sing. I didn't say the line before this one. And you are not the one I was addressing. That person's over train to Africa. And simultaneous events don't happen. We're isolated, temporarily And the part is never called the whole thing. And it bothers us to know it so.
2: So how, how did that come to be, uh, a part of Wheat Day, a part of that song?
3: um uh, occasionally cuz i listen i've listened to a lot of like you know that kind of alternative rock like stuff like you know pixies frank black breeders uh, yeah. w- um you know ween um <laughs> primus like i just you know really have such uh a, a, i just have a lifetime of consuming that stuff that sometimes when i'm writing raps If the chord progression strikes me a certain way, it'll make me want to sing the lyrics to a song that already exists. And, and, you know, usually you can't use that. Um, And I've I've learned the hard way you can't do that. I (laughs) I did that to a broken social scene song recently and and got a and got a letter about it. Oh, no. Um, They weren't cool with it. Well, it's not that they weren't cool with it. It's just that you like legally, you really can't do that thing. Like, so you can't really like, I used to just think that I could just do it. But you really have to have conversations with the band if you're going to sell music or other people's lyrics on it in like, in any sense. You know what I yeah. mean? This is legally, you kind of have to have a conversation.
2: Oh, definitely. I've released a cover sale, the one with Dr. Worm on it. Um, and I we paid close to $900 in licensing fees because I wanted to be wow. board. Yeah. I mean, like, to do uh, Dr. Worm legally, uh, I think we paid them $40, which if you move more units, it's more expensive. But you kind of, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever done a straight-up cover that, like, if you want to sell it, you got to pay the licensing. Like, if you just release it for free, that's one thing, like, I don't know if you yeah. did, did you did you ever hear the girl talk albums
3: uh, I heard of them and I knew what they I know what they are but yeah I never really spent any time with them
2: yeah so it was like you know you'd hear like outcast uh over top of like smells like teen spirit or something like I, I mm-hmm. got <laughs> you know stuff like that which I always thought was pretty cool but he'd give away all his elms for free because it was just entirely samples so, yeah, so, yeah. so, so Weep Day, did you have a conversation with They Might Be Giants about putting lyrics in there before you did it?
3: I did not. And when they found out about it, I was terrified. Because um, <laughs> I did it on this, uh, I did this, this, this live radio show called Wits that used to record in the Twin Cities. Um, and they had been guests on the show. Um and so when I did it, like there's this, this big beautiful video coverage that they do of the performances because it's in this big theater. Mm-hmm. Um and so I do it and I you know and I and I do that part. And I'm not thinking anything of it, but then later when the radio show is tweeting out the clips, um like somebody tagged they might be giants in it. Like, oh, is, is he singing, the
1: uh-huh.
3: Weep Day at the end of this? Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, oh shit! But they were like, really cool it
2: nice yeah.
3: yeah they like retweeted it and everything it was it was dope it was like oh, the beginning sweet. of like me having like official um correspondence with them oh nice was that song yeah
2: yeah yeah because then well what uh which one of the video contests did you judge the fan video
3: i did um shoot um
2: it wasn't a race was it because i know Frank it's not too. say again because I know Frank Black did one of those two. Um, yeah, it, it,
3: it was. It's not. It wasn't. You're on fire. It wasn't. I'm impressed. It was one of those like high energy first songs on an album. No, you know what it was. I left my body.
2: Okay. 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I actually just talked to one of the animators, the the guy that did it. Said something. The, he he did the episode on that song and talked all about his animation process. So that was super super interesting. Um, Yeah, so, oh, who ended up getting, because you picked like three, right? Um, Three, yeah, you know, there was controversy
3: around that, too.
2: What? (laughs) Give me the inside scoop. What, What are you talking about?
3: So, apparently, like, I think the guy who I picked, he had, like, repurposed stuff that he had shot for some, like, budgeted project. into the video and it was his stuff but it like wasn't stuff that was specifically shot for that Mm. um and so people had a real problem with with him winning but i didn't have any idea about it but it was a thing where like the johns had to come out and sit and 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 put put out the fire or whatever
2: (laughs) yeah i mean it's not your fault you didn't know that yeah yeah exactly so like someone else had paid for him to shoot some of the stuff that was in it Right.
3: I think it was something like that. We're like, yeah, it was part of something that had a budget uh, and 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 so in some sense that had disqualified him mm. for some odd reason. Mm. Um, and and people were just upset that that's the one that that I had, had picked, but I liked it the best. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I didn't really uh, so,
3: know about any of the political intrigue behind it. So
2: Okay, so David Kreutzer, I've found is the is the guy's name. So it ended up being okay, right? I mean
3: Yeah, and then, as far as I know, it ended up they, being
2: fine. They worked it out. Yeah. So um what would you say is your favorite They Might Be Giants album?
3: Oof.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, I you the know, tough
3: questions. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to beat Flood and it's hard to beat Lincoln. Like those two are just crazy good, mm-hmm. but I also have a special place in my heart for Apollo. Same, um, and I like I have this really really weird uh, emotional relationship to the spine. Mm. Why is it uh, weird? Because okay, so when I moved from Illinois, where I went to college, when I moved from Southern Illinois to to L.A., mm-hmm. I drove by myself. And in the car, I had the CD player. If like you would put a CD in there and then the car got warm and you wouldn't be able to take the CD out <laughs> until the car cooled off again completely. <laughs> so I had two I had two albums I had to listen mm-hmm. to over and over again the entire drive. And one of them was the spine. The other one was an uh, NMF Doom album. <laughs> but like I have this weird relationship to those two because I just have so many like emotional memories of that trip. And they're all like completely buried in in the albums.
2: That's a great combination of albums to get stuck in a CD player because yeah. they're so. To most people, it'd be like, wait, the same guy was listening to these two.
3: That's Which, that's my DNA. It's like uh, yeah. like those are those are those are my style. Fathers, MF Doom and, and the Johns.
2: Hell yeah! So yeah, when you were growing up, because um, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie, I didn't, I wasn't aware of your music until I found out you were a fan. You know, I found out Mm -hmm. about you through They Might Be Giants, you know, and started listening to to your stuff. And I mean, I'm kind of, you know, on the reverse side of a lot of that. I I don't listen to a ton of hip hop. I mean, mostly what I listen to is the really, really old stuff. You know, Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, that kind of stuff. And then like, I mean, Outkast is my favorite uh, hip hop group by far and probably always will be because they got the hooks. Um, and you got a lot of hooks in your stuff and you can, you can, Mm -hmm. you can sing. I mean, you're hearing a lot of this SoundCloud rap stuff these, these days where the guys are singing like three notes or whatever, and it's all auto-tuned. And I, you know, I don't have a big problem with that. I just listen to so much music of, of every genre. It's like, but I'm, I'm a rock guy at heart. I mean, that's just, you
1: know,
2: I play guitar, I play drums, all that, that stuff. I'm just, you know, came up in punk bands. So yeah, let's talk about that. Like the, the, the the mashing up of of styles here so what were you into as a kid that wasn't they might be giants and wasn't guitar based what kind of hip-hop stuff were you into uh what what got you into into hip-hop
3: really it was like the native tongue stuff so de la soul you know tribe Mm. called quest jungle brothers leaders of the new school black sheep uh hieroglyphics um project blow stuff out in la like you know all, all of like the more eclectic kind of uh eccentric stuff was the stuff but even like people like slick rick that told stories um, yeah you know like that that kind of stuff was was what you know got me into rap
2: now this might be a hard decision to make uh, on the fly but uh if there was one clip you'd want me to drop in for people that are they might be giants fans and maybe not huge uh you know hip-hop guys what what I mean, is there like a like trap called, trap called Quest or De La Soul? I think are might be good entry points to like that era mm-hmm. of like thoughtful rap and, um, yeah, you know, that that very like socially conscious but not overly aggressive stuff. That I think a lot of the be Giants fans could could be into. Is there a song off the top of your head you think I should drop in here?
3: Do a uh, verses from the abstract from a Tribe called Quest. You got it.
4: Check it out and give me my spec. I'm moving, yes, I'm moving because my mouth is on the motor. Use the coast in the morning to avoid the funky odor. Can't help being funky, I'm the funky abstract brother. Funky in the sense, but I play the undercover. Once had a fetish, fetish for some booty. Now I'm getting funky in my rap and that's my duty. Brothers tend to jock on the style in particular. If you got the ego like some brothers, then I'll get with you. But if I don't pursue, then I just don't give a f- My motto in the 90s is be happy making ducks Girls love the gym cause it causes crazy friction When it goes up in, it fluctuates the addiction I still understand the oath cause that's what I'm at it for I'm hooked on the swing so just call me the music for. Women love the voice, brothers dig the lyrics Quest the people's choice, we thriving for the spirit If you can't hear it, then get the wax utensils Write my rhyme straight up, don't get with no fancy stencil The rhymes be getting sweet, we stay away from taught A perfectionist at work, perking up the art If you want to battle, I suggest you check your clock your Demise is coming up, and I want your man to watch Be the prime example, a deeper still the sample Insignificance, here I place you on the mantle Born up in Harlem, reside now in Jamaica The girl I used to rock, her moms was a Quaker And what does that make her, the evil money taker The crazy move faker, I use that to break her Fife is in the house Uncle Mike is in the house Rob Power is in the house Tim Latham is in the house Wise men is in the house. The brand new's is in the house. The JBs they in the house, and Jay they, they in the house.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the kind of stuff I feel like I should dive into more. Like a lot of friends of mine talk about. Um, I mean, pretty much all those groups you mentioned, and I, I really should take some more time. It's just like my ears are dominated by. Well, for one thing, I teach music, so I can't. L- listen to music in the background at my job because I'm making music all day so I can't just have stuff uh, on in the background so when I'm not in school you know usually if I'm reviewing something I got a podcast coming up and I got to listen to stuff for that obviously I'm listening to a lot of they might be giants even for like this side hustle I'm doing here Mm -hmm. so yeah I should take some time to get into that stuff I pretty much just always go to outcast and just you know listen to you know, or the speaker box love below, or, or any of that stuff. Or big boys uh, albums and Janelle Monae are pretty big for me right now too. So yeah, that that the, that brings uh, us to your your genre. Well, what what people typically call your music is uh, art rap, which I think is a pretty cool moniker. Is that like where did that s- start? Like what what that subgenre, Is there like a starting point or a first? artist that got called that uh
3: the first one you'd have to go back to uh ramel z who was one of those like very very early new york rappers so he was like a really really eccentric dude he used to make like these art installations based on graffiti and his his rhymes and his his whole approach was like really really art based
2: uh, um, so like actual visual art was inspiring his his raps
3: yeah and he was making a lot of visual art while he was you know like he was doing that and rap, you know, uh, okay. concurrently. Um, so, how early are we talking? I mean, he's like late '80s. Nice, uh Romero Z, or maybe even a little earlier than that. Uh, he's one of like the really one of the first guys. Um, I,
2: I've never even heard of him. Is there something we should drop in here from him? Oh man!
3: Uh, <laughs> if you want to think, out of, if you want
2: to think for a sec, I can trim out dead air. <laughs>
3: yeah because I, I forgot yeah. that there's like it's like the like the main song but I can't remember it off the top of my head
2: yeah I mean you could google real um, quick and I'll just uh, drop it in um, yeah because that sounds super interesting because I'm really into visual art too I did a lot of painting as a kid I just ended up veering towards oh, music
3: yeah. it's called Beat Bop Beat, beat Bop B-E-A-T. yeah that's like his yeah, really like his, his biggest song
0: Get funky in the place. Get funky, you play It's pathetic, dope addicts have to be abused It's the same what a thing to be a prostitute Life is given to us just to do the right thing Instead of that, we came a whole wall with big dope feet Makes you feel real bad every time I see Another bum, Over oh, brother sleeping on the street In the corner, in the morning, every night and day It's a pity, so i people try to agape Everybody's turning crazy, so you better believe To do the right things, all soon you'll see Life ain't no more joke, it's a serious when you're dealing with the answers that we can't explain New York City is a place of mysteries Drug addicts, dope deals, taking over the street That man's over saying, why the hell do we pay for what? Well, they break the laws and get a couple of days. No sense trying to help, there's really no use Think the world's messing up, let me you that you rocks Trying to pop with no respect That
2: That's great, and it kinda of, again, it kind of makes me think that they might be Giants collaborating uh with uh so you've heard the escape team right i don't know if you've seen the comic no. book so the comic no, book no i don't know what that is yeah the escape team is their most technically their most recent album um released on the same day as my murdered remains which is a short i mean for they might be giants it's a very short album at 10 songs um that each song is about a character in this comic book so they collaborated with um a comic book artist and then created these songs so it's kind of art and uh comic books are art, you know? I mean, graphic novels... Yeah, for sure. I read a
3: lot of comics.
2: Yeah, hell yeah. And, like, graphic novels have gained a lot of... uh, And, I mean, hell, every single friggin' movie that comes out these days is a comic book movie. Um, Marvel just dominating everything. But, so, yeah, that's that's super cool. So, um, then, let's talk about your career real quick so we can get... Well, not real quick, but we want to get to Weep Day eventually. So, let's talk about um, how you got into making your own... Music then. How how old were you? Were you were you doing stuff in high school?
3: Uh, yeah, I was rapping. I wasn't recording anything though. No. We were just freestyling. And we were you know we were doing the whole um, b boy thing. So we were rapping, doing graffiti, breakdancing, like
4: practicing oh,
3: yeah. all of the arts. So, um, but we weren't recording because nobody could afford studio equipment. So we weren't even really thinking about that. We were just like freestyling constantly. So. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really start making music until I was in college.
2: Yeah, I wonder if, like, uh, I, I mean, I hope that musicians these days really realize how much harder it was for us in the 90s. I mean, I was borrowing, you know, a four-track to do mm-hmm. my band's early stuff and putting out cassettes. Like, you see people putting out cassettes again. I'm like, I already did that. Like, I <laughs> i don't want to go backwards. You know, people putting out cassettes, uh, it's just uh, its kind of a cool retro thing again. And, and mm-hmm. viny- vinyl, of course. I've never been able to afford to put out a record record. So expensive. So, you had like a whole crew. Did you have a crew where you you guys like gave yourself a name and all Uh that? All of that.
3: What were you you called? Uh, We were the PDX crew, which was short for uh, Paradox. And then we'd also uh, call ourselves Factory Defects with the factory being spelled with a PH instead of an F.
2: Oh, I like that. Very nice. Yeah, that's, uh, thinking back to my high school music making days, that was some of my favorite stuff, and, and yeah, all our our albums, you know, we, we did record stuff in the late 90s, but it all sounded so shitty, but in, in a very, uh, that makes me nostalgic, that kind of like, it, it sounds awesome to me, I'm kind of glad that it didn't sound slick. (laughs) So then your first, uh, proper recordings were, um, were you going under, uh, open mic eagle yet or where did you do some stuff before yeah, that? like
3: well I, I i did stuff with a crew called thirsty fish uh yeah college um but yeah inside of that i was still open mic eagle um,
2: so was thirsty fish in chicago was this before LA? no
3: that's all, all that's la
2: okay all right
3: all that's L.A.
2: so what took you to la i feel like i saw something somewhere but i can't remember
3: um it was just a uh a, 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 it was kind of just like a wild decision really um just coming out of college i just didn't want to go back to chicago and uh have family out here so i just decided to come this way and it was only supposed to be temporary but then uh i changed i didn't i don't know like everything just went left at a certain point and and uh, I just stayed here and made a life
2: sure yeah um so then because project blowed was in la yeah, and for that sure. That kind of helped you gain some some traction, right?
3: Uh-huh, for sure. It taught me the business. Taught me nice. the music business on an independent level.
2: Hell yeah. So then your first proper album as a solo artist was 2010? Yeah. Unapologetic art rap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if we were going to play so you've put out, let's see, on Spotify, there's a bunch of stuff, but you got, um, I don't know, it's hard to define in the streaming era what a proper album is. Mm-hmm. If we were going to play something, we've already played uh, something off Dark Comedy. What, uh, what else should we let the They Might Be Giants fans hear? What, what do you think?
3: Play Microfiche off the off my last EP.
2: Nice. Yeah. Let's see. I, I love the art off of that. That's good. the art is fantastic.
3: Thanks. Yeah, yeah, one, two might not want to hear, but the truth hurt. My belly getting big, need some new shirts. Everything ain't great, but I can do worse. Cause I can go to the dentist with my tooth hurt. I don't watch blue earth when I get stoned. To pull apart an ink pen like a wishbone. Used to spend hella time in the friend zone. Loin clothed in a tie like a Flintstone. Big afro wig with a chin strap. I'm thinking real hard, trooping on a pen cap. Some songs just more for the headphones. Fuck the NFL, fuck the red zone. It's about time people get set straight. They got my stomach upset, kale pectate. And I was up all night, went to bed late. I had a big, fat, frame, black headache Cut the dead way off, get a new start Cause you can sell hot dogs to the fruit cart And if your verse too long, make it two parts I had a real bad dream, Bob Newhart And I woke up crying in the bed, y'all My lady asked, him, I good said, hell nah And then I felt all bad from a weird mood I looked up and the sky still clear blue Big afro wig with a chin strap I'm thinking real hard, chewing on a pen cap Some songs just more for the headphones Fuck the NFL, fuck the red zone Yeah, it can all go away all go away, just shut your eyes, it can all go away. It can't go away, just shut your eyes, it can all go away. It goes go away, just shut your eyes, it can all go
2: away.
3: It gow away,
2: just shut your eyes, it can all go away. So l- let's talk just a little bit about um the Comedy Central show that you had going. Um does the how many seasons did that go? I know just one. Just one.
3: Just one. You One know, and done.
2: Yeah, and you know, I don't even have cable at this point. You know, everything's streaming. I've been watching some clips, though. Um, I watched... Oh, help me out. There was a comedy set by the dude that was in the show, show all the time. Help me out. Um,
3: uh, Donnell Rawlings?
2: Yes. I love that guy. Apparently not enough to remember his name, but his it, that, that clip was awesome. I was watching a little bit of it, so I hadn't seen... A whole lot of um so the new negroes was uh, i mean basically it almost kind of proves your point the the fact that it didn't get that you know trying to bring some screen time to african-american uh, musicians and comedians um was was that i mean was that a, a fun experience was that a good uh was that a good time
3: uh yeah the the creative part was amazing you know right getting in the got to make the show that we wanted to make which was this you know this hybrid of stand-up and music and you know it was it was, it was a joy to create for sure
2: yeah yeah and there's some pretty cool collaborations going on on the uh so you put out a, a soundtrack mm-hmm. album to it uh i think we should play a little something off of that i mean you got mf doom on there you got method man on there um what would you want to play off of that a little something clip of something what do you think
3: uh, I'm playing a Method Man song, I think. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. I grew up in a food desert. Ain't dirt, I'm a do better. Y'all old school, I got new cheddar. I said, fuck food, I'm a chew sweaters, yeah. I bought me a rollie so I could eat the stones I'm popping little bitty bottles cause I drink alone. What that mean to I me mean, yesterday I ain't have things I was tired of having these black beans So today I'm eating that flat screen, yeah On my boulevard, we ain't got no cookie jar For dessert we eatin' Michael Jordan rookie card that's big league money salad that shit's green and I'm home snacking on comic books amazing fantasy 15 feed me Fashion. I'm Galactus, chewing on your universe Keep your sushi, I'm too bougie Fry me up that Gucci purse They said dinner's at 9, I pushed for earlier I pushed the menus aside and said cook this furniture I got that brand new money in I just got paid. I'm trading my Running for them gold rolls
0: chains Now that I got meals, I'll eat grills I'll eat hundred dollars Bills, I'm feeling like a million bucks, baby. I how I feel. I don't eat food, no, I eat the plates All the forks and knives, before we speak the grace Want the birthday candles, I don't need the cake I bite the hand that feeds me before I eat the grapes, yeah Expensive taste, I eat Louis sandals and even Gucci Rupees with edible draws, but we just eat the Gucci My ex hot, if I eat the cookies, that's Xbox Little PlayStation with some Red Hot She got junk food and I'm Red Fox, yeah If only Barbie knew she'd Bar me from the barbecue After I eat the bar and grill I might eat barbie too Yeah, yeah, yeah that white girl That tie lace too tight, girl With a snack or meal She with the man to steal So I'ma keep on beating her pipe, girl Put that cracker on a cracker Then I feed it to the birds Make a rapper, eat a rapper Then I make him eat his words Come get these nouns and verbs, Get what you now deserve I sprinkle sugar on and call it brown and sir.
2: Yeah. Cool. So let's uh let's get into they might be giants uh well this song proper. So weep day, we already talked about you working it into qualifiers. Um so let's talk about the song proper. Have you heard um well there, there's really only one other version of this song that's really not that different from um well for, did you hear this on the when was the first time you heard this? Was it when the Then compilation came out, the early years? Because that's when I heard it.
3: That, I think that's what I heard off of. But so yeah, I was in college, and that's when I was downloading. So I, I first got it around. It had to be around two thousand two, I think, was the first time I heard this song.
2: Yeah, so I heard it in uh, ninety seven, is when Then came out. Yeah, um, so that was the first time I heard it. But the song was recorded in nineteen eighty three which is insane. Yeah. And the, I mean, I can send you a clip to it if you want. There's a YouTube clip of the, um, or a YouTube video of the 1983 demo version, which is essentially the same song without the little bongo solo at the beginning. It's got bongos in it, but it just starts out with the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have the, doodle dun, doodle dun, dun, yeah. it just starts out with the, yeah. So I don't know. I'll drop in a little clip of that. Yeah.
1: I never went to the tropical island, everybody said this in there.
2: It's essentially the same thing, the rest of the song. It's just like slightly lower quality tape rip or something that someone put up. Yeah, what, what do you think about, before we get into the lyrics, because they might be giants, so much of what people talk about is the lyrics, but their musical, uh, like the diversity... And eclectic nature of their albums is a lot of what drew me to them in the first place. Isn't like a big instrumentalist, you know. In my bands, I make my wife write most of the lyrics, uh, but uh, uh, like I'm just, I play a lot of instruments, and I find uh, their use of weird instruments, uh, or not weird, but like a whole range of instruments, interesting. I always find the accordion interesting. My grandpa played accordion, so that was always kind of in my Polish blood there. <laughs> but what do you think about the musical elements? of weep day the bongos and such what do you what do you you like about the music before we get into the lyrics
3: um i like the energy of the music i always like it when they do um uh, upbeat stuff because then they combine they combine like a high energy kind of tempo with like their chord progressions which are always like unique and i feel like that's where you get some of their some of their most exciting uh work from my um from my my perspective
2: mhm yeah yeah the uh the <laughs> I mean I love the bongos in it, and I was looking at the actual c d booklet for then. And wasn't getting much clarification here, but like on the wiki, I don't know if you, have you ever been to TMBW, the, this might be mm-hmm. wiki? yeah. I
3: sure have.
2: So it's just like a definitive, it's just a wealth of information. It's obviously the place I start doing re- when I'm doing research for any episode. So it's just got for the credits of this. Um, What's well this says recorded 1984, but the demo, I don't know. So that's, I've, I'm getting mixed things there, whether it was 1983 or 1984, but that's splitting hairs. Um, so lead vocal, John Linnell, backing vocal, John Flansburg. I love songs where they both sing. Cause, cause
3: typically, Me too, I, I miss that a lot. I miss yeah. when they, when they would sing together.
2: Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll see it on occasion, but yeah, typically I think it's just like Linnell will be like, well, I already got a harmony in mind and Flans is like, well, just sing it, you know, or Flans go the other way. Yeah. Um, and then bass guitar, Flansburg guitar, Flansburg keyboard, John Linnell. um, I love that little synth that comes in at the end, like so eighty sounding. (laughs) Uh, After the, I think, well, you know, I always say I'm going to separate the lyrics, but like, I love how the first line is, I never went to a tropical island, but this whole song has like a tropical feel to it, (laughs) you
3: know? Yeah, man.
2: You know, I mean, I, I got a chance to go to Rio de Janeiro and I've, I've learned a little bit about Samba. I can't say I'm like a, <laughs> a Samba head or something, but um, like the the fact that the chorus is talking about, you know, it's Samba time for, for Tambo. Um, this song is kind of a Samba song in a way, because while it's in 4-4, it has almost like a, a sneaky kind of three feel to it. Because it goes one, two, three, one, two three, one, two, three, one, two three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two three, one, two, three, one, two, so if you add three plus three plus two, you get eight, it's like it's an eight eight instead of four four, um which is a very sneaky kind of way for them to combine mesh the lyrics with the music, you know they're just linked what What do you make of the origin story of or or, or like the impetus to the to the lyrics of this song um did you hear about the? Did Did you look at the wiki for this song? I have Wiki's? not
3: looked at the wiki, so I actually don't know what the what the actual origin of the song is at
0: all.
2: Yeah, it's pretty hilarious, um, and it just shows how they can take anything as a jumping off point to write a song. So, in the trivia on the wiki, it says an inspiration for this song comes from the back cover of a Bob Dylan album, which would I don't know if it's the greatest hits album, but I mean the song "Mr. Tambourine Man" is from "Bringing It All Back Home," and it says which the back of the cup co- the back cover hyphenated and separated the title Mr. Tambourine Man into Mr. Tambo dash urine man.
3: (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Which I
2: didn't know until two days ago. So so the Tambo, the happy guy in the song, and urine man, the weep day guy in the song, Tambo Urine, tambourine separated into Tambo Urine.
3: That's incredible
2: yeah like how do you because like i always thought it was weird that um i mean tambo like i use a shitload of tambourine in my elms um but i'm big into motown and girl group stuff and the tambourine is like the hottest thing in the mix and so i always call it a tambo just like just to be stupid and you're like yeah in the biz we call it a tambo but the urine thing like that's not a word you hear them throwing around a lot i mean it's not like it's like a
3: swear and i you know it's funny as as you say that because i never really put that together but like I almost, like, I wish they would do that more. Like, I wish they would be a little, a, like, a little more, um, what's the word? Blue. I wanna say, <laughs> yeah, maybe blue is the word. Or, like, you know, like, because I know that there's, I, I know that they, they say stuff that is like, uh, euphemisms for bodily functions and their stuff all yeah. the time. But, like, yeah. I, it's kind of refreshing to hear them, like, come out and say a word. Like, say a dirty word. Like,
2: yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, that yeah. bastard wants to hit me. Right. They actually said... Oh, What song is it? Leela. Sorry, it's my dog. Um, they said shit for the first time on a song on I Like Fun. Where is it? It kind of just like goes right by... Oh, fuck. What song is it? Um, mm, let's get this over with. No. I don't know. But yeah, for the very first time in their career... They said shit. Linnell says shit in, God, I can't find it. It's one of the songs I find like fun, which was like, whoa. To me, I was like, mind blown. What do you, you know, you're breaking this, this, this rule that you've had for forever. I mean, so far it's just been like hell, you know. Um, I don't know if they've even said ass in a song. I can't even think of, I don't know. Yeah, so you want them to start swearing?
3: (laughs) Yeah, man. I I want them to to come out and, like, even even if they're not coming out and, and saying directly what like a song is about. I want them within the song to say things that are a little more vivid, a little like but and, and you know, not not that I need them to abandon anything that they're they're doing. I just I, I find that interesting. Like I find their use of the word urine in nineteen eighty three interesting. And and I, and I would like to hear them use words like that more.
2: Yeah, so I just looked on the wiki because, you know, it's got the search tool. I just searched for shit, and the first thing that came up was a song called This Rock Shit Is Over, which has no information. It's an unreleased song. I'm guessing it was some, like, jam they did, like, off the cuff at a show. Because it says unreleased, and it says year, question mark, runtime, question mark, sung by, question mark. Wow! So it's a wiki. So someone submitted it at some point. They must have done it just like improvised fucking around at a show because they'll swear in between songs. Have you, yeah. you've, you've seen them live, yeah?
3: Oh, a bunch, yeah. A bunch.
2: Yeah. When, uh, when was the first time you saw them? Uh, when I was in
3: college. They came to uh, where I went to school. This is Carbondale, Illinois. They came to nice. the show there. That was the first time I saw them.
2: Yeah, the first time I saw them was uh, the in Iowa City. Because I went to college in, in Rock Island at Augustana. I don't know if you heard Augustana. Augustana. Um, no. And and I went to Knox College a lot for shows. Um, saw a lot of good stuff there. But yeah, first time I saw Team BG was on the Mink Car Tour in Iowa City. And I think the Union there, University of Iowa. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I still can't find where they said shit. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. They've, they've said it somewhere. Um, and they say damn a lot. I forgot, you know, damn is uh, is totally, yeah. uh, you know, up for grabs, you know. Um, damn Good Times, uh, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, Weep Day, saying Urine, it's kind of like, it makes me wonder if that's why they don't play it, because they find it like a childish lyric.
3: Maybe. Maybe they do. I mean, but they don't play a lot of stuff from that, that album. Or that collection, right? And I never heard them play any of that stuff, really.
2: They didn't even put it out properly for yes. 14 years after, and it has one known performance, which, according to the wiki, was in 1985. uh December 28th, 1985 at the Pyramid Club in New York is the only time they've played Weep
3: Day. I believe it.
2: I would kill to see Weep Day live.
3: Me too. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff that they don't play that I would love to see, but, you know, I get it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have so many goddamn songs. I mean, I would mm-hmm. kill to see, like, there were some early ones where it was like, hey, Linnell, play the guitar poorly, you know? And they're being <laughs> 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 like, blerner, 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 Like, I would love to see Flann's hand Linnell guitar on stage in 2020 and have him just play that one of those songs. <laughs> that'd be great you know let's get into the lyrics of this song because that's that's the biggest thing we're already talking about the urine thing um in the trivia they also point out that the oakland raiders are not a baseball team they are not nah. the <laughs> but that's like it kind of reminds me of purple toupee where it's just like a bunch oh of misinformation God,
3: yes yes right yes, yes. i love right. that about that song yeah. yeah, like a bunch of fucked up, <laughs> mashed up memories.
2: Yeah, yeah, like uh, or someone that's just totally clueless. Um <laughs> kind of it depends what angle you, you go at it. But yeah, um where he met the consulate from Belgium who is now a Buddhist in a cave, uh who is pitching for the Oakland Raiders, striking out the batter she be came. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that like in so many ways it doesn't make sense. Uh or or does it?
3: I think it's like, one, it's one of those, you know, quantum physics type things, man. And, right? And, and, I've, and I've always loved the fact that they can write like in between realities like that, you know? Yeah. How do you
2: strike yourself out? I mean, yeah. it, it, it makes me think of, you know, just like practicing in the backyard and just like tossing the ball up and hitting it myself, you know, by myself, just mm-hmm. tossing the ball up and yeah, you'd still miss it on occasion. Strike yourself out. The Oakland Raiders... <laughs> Like out of all the teams, why did you pick that? I don't know. Like he mentions, there's a lot of um, locations in this song.
3: Mm-hmm. It is.
2: You know, this is pre. Uh, you know, the Cold War was still going on when this song was written. Um, the Berlin Wall wouldn't come down for a while. It wasn't. You know, I never went to a tropical island, though. Everyone, uh, though, everybody said they saw me there, and it wasn't me. You punched a hole in <laughs> at the West German protest march. Mm-hmm. That's a weird line as it is. You, you, someone punched a hole in him. I, th- I always thought it was like punching a hole in the wall, like to, like tear down this wall kind of thing. But it looks like he's the one getting punched.
3: But but I I think there's some fluid there's some fluidity in the lyrics about who who or what he actually is. So maybe he was the wall. You know what I mean?
2: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Roll with that. What what? Uh, yeah. What do you make of this? The narrator and all the all the nonsense here.
3: I mean, to me, this is all quantum. Like, simultaneous events don't happen. We are isolated, temporally. Part uh, is never called the whole thing, though it bothers us to know it so. It's just like our experience of space-time versus, like, what might actually be happening, you know? Yeah, and I, yeah, and yeah, And I feel, and I feel like the, in, in the, like, in all the in-betweens, all that is where we get, you know, Amanda's made it to opinion. You know, like, it's it's all the duality and stuff that get, that can happen when you're in the quantum space. Yeah. It defies all the Euclidean physics. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah so yeah all the locations i think maybe play into that like this person um seems to be a little confused about stuff or you know maybe it's the same person that's both tambo and urine man you know people i think
3: it's gotta be yeah i mean people have
2: feelings they have ups and downs of emotion um Mm -hmm. or you could see it as a you know, multiple, uh, like, a personality disorder thing. I mean, it depends how, like, dark you want to get with it or, or, you know, depressing, how depressing you want to get with it. But this person, yeah, they're in in West Germany. They're taking a train to Africa. They're in Belgium. Uh, They're a Buddhist. They're talking about Oakland. I mean, it's all over the place. Take a train to Africa. Um, That reminds me of the the line... um, on tour with a heavy metal band, band uh, the, the the plane uh, the plane ran out of gas, so they can yeah, never the land. Shoehorn,
3: was a shoehorn with teeth. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, the plane can never land. <laughs> so many things about them just it, it's just crack me up. But then you know, like this song. I mean, there's hilarious things like urine man. But then when you think about it. Yeah, like your quantum, you know, physics, time, space, bending, or someone with uh, multiple personalities, or just someone that's very confused, very emotional. Um, The song, you know, that's kind of their wheelhouse is being funny on the surface, but dark underneath. So, every man is made of two opinions. Every woman has a second half. What do, you, what do you make of that? Because that's like the last bit of uh, different lyrics before you get to the repeated chorus and the weep day, weep day.
3: Uh, you know, what? that's what I was saying. I think, I think it's it's all that duality, man. I'm thinking, yeah. it gets into the it. That's where it gets into the chorus because it's like the same person and all this stuff going on inside of the one individual. It doesn't necessarily make sense together, and I think that it feeds perfectly into that that next part. I didn't write the words you hear me singing like that. To me, is like perfect you know what i mean
1: yeah literally it,
3: saying it i'm saying it's not me saying it and you know what i mean and then saying i didn't sing the last line and like I, I really feel like i don't know like that that to me like the zone of the song and how they're exploring like the is and the is not and existing and not existing and in categories and being in between them yeah i think you know i think it's all kind of coming from there
2: yeah 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 and when you put it into your song so when Linnell sings it, I didn't write the words you hear me singing. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a narrator. It's not necessarily, it's not him, you know, Linnell. But he did write the words that he's singing. Well, when mm-hmm. you put it into your song, it's actually accurate. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you didn't write those words when you exactly. are quoting, quoting Weep Day. So, and then it's not uh, accurate I when out.
3: I say I didn't sing the line before this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I did sing that. Well, some people look at me at the rap show, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know what? What do you know? People that are that are not into they might be giants that know your stuff. Are they confused by something like that? Or, I mean, people that don't get the reference. Is it just like it's almost like us talking about this song? They might assume that it's your you pen that lyric. Do you you get any? Yeah, are people confused by that that song? Um, Yeah.
3: I guess so I, I mean i don't think people really think about it because i do so much weird stuff anyway like i do all kinds of stuff that kind of right. defies convention when it comes to what people might expect at a rap show that i don't think that i don't think that particular moment is much of an outlier uh for people um but sure um, but you know when, when people read the lyric they they Really are confused, (laughs) you
2: know what I mean? Yeah, which I think you are showing your fandom by doing exactly what they might be giants Mm does—confuse people, confuse confuse the normies, man. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) man. So I wanted to use that to kind of segue back into. So talking about qualifiers, you make a lot of really awesome references in this, not just to to they might be giants. I mean, you don't name they might be giants, so it's a very sneaky reference. Um, But talking about. Bus driver Dave Brubeck. I mean, I love the Take Five is like one of my favorite mm-hmm. jazz records, up there with like some of the Billy Holiday stuff and Miles Davis, of course. But um, Words with Friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> thirteen games of Words with Friends. I had to give that game up because it was just like I was just I could not get anything else done. Um, whoa, <laughs> L.A. traffic! Yeah, there it is. Unless
3: so somebody's alarm going
2: off. Oh my god. Now, how long is it going to take for them to turn it off?
3: Uh, Well, it could take any amount of time. I don't know if we should wait.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's on your track now. Um, Well, (laughs) come on, guy.
3: Turn it uh, off. You know, I I live (laughs) in what is called the hood. So stuff like that happens all the
2: time. So another line you have in in qualifiers, this. um, Okay, there it goes. Fuck you if you're a white man that assumes I speak for black folks. Fuck you if you're a white man who thinks I can't speak for black folk. That almost like ties into Weep Day in a way that yeah, man. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I I wanted to, and I ta- you know before we hit record, talking about um, race issues as far as they might be giants being such a white a white man's band. Mm-hmm. What um. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of told you what I wanted to talk about, like having trouble finding guests for the podcast that are people of color, um, trying to get as much diversity in the podcast as possible. And I, I consider this kind of a community podcast at this point. I've had over a hundred guests, but having only four people of color on this is pretty, uh, is, is I consider that a problem and I'm really trying hard to fix it. What, uh, I mean... How would you tie the song into Weep Day, your, your original lyrics that come before their lyrics, uh, and just, you know, uh, race issues in general about, um, well, I don't know. I mean, let's just start from there. That was probably too many questions at once. So uh, how would you tie that, That those particular lines, that couplet right there, do you tie it into Weep Day? Was that uh, intentional?
3: Uh, I don't think it was at first. Um, but I do think that spirit, like that spirit, that kind of quantum spirit, like, is the same thing. We're like this. That's that's kind of a non-binary question. It's like if you're if you're all in on either one of these points, and you're incorrect, and and the truth is something in between. And I feel like that's the same thing that's kind of reflected uh, in Weep Day. But it wasn't something I was necessarily consciously uh, looking for when I was writing that song. It kind of just happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and I kind of feel like I am. That guy asking you this thing, because you say it right in there, like, I'm a white guy uh, asking you, like, what do you, <laughs> why do you, <laughs> why do you think well, there's so few black fans of They Might Be Giants?
3: Well, I think, I think it's about information, man. It's about yeah. information. I, I think that this isn't information, like, this is a niche band,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, and I just... <laughs> I think, I think that in the, in traditionally, when it comes to African-American media consumption, there's not been a lot of room for niche or nuance in marketing. So stuff like this just doesn't get into the black community. I mean, like, you know, I think, I bet Tiny nehisi is probably the biggest possible look, uh, but that, you know, there wasn't enough of a sustained kind of presence from that
2: yeah um yeah
3: to 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 really shore up interests um you know when it came to black youth it's just you know it it it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot of distance to cross to get from like you know alt college rock to like hood media it's just it's just right. like, it's a long it's a long distance and it distance is closing because of the internet but right um you know Just just having them having had a history of 30 years or 20 or five years before the Internet and, and, you know, trying to get that stuff in front of people. It's just going to be difficult,
0: you know?
2: Yeah. And a lot of the other entry points are stuff that may not have been consumed by, you know, black youth as well, like Malcolm in the Middle for one. Uh, That brought a lot of people to the band. Since they did not just the theme, but like all of the music to it, all the background music, pretty much. And there are like, like Pencil Rain is in the first episode of Malcolm in the Middle.
3: Are you serious?
0: I am serious. I didn't didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I've just started rewatching it because I mean, I was in college when, you know, we were both in college when that came out. So it was kind of like, I don't know. Um, like I knew they did the theme and I thought the theme was awesome. Um, I had my first graders sing it, which was pretty awesome to hear a bunch of first graders say, you're not the boss of me. But, um, and then there was like, uh, experimental film had the Home Star Runner video. And that was something that me and all my nerdy white music friends would watch in the, the like music building computer lab. And I don't know if that was being watched by, you know, right. kids in, you know, <laughs> growing up in South side of Chicago. I yeah, mean, probably no. not. Right? Oh, yeah. It's just—I mean—it's hard. And you know, on the other side of that, you are probably considered a niche artist to a lot of white kids. And I'm hoping that I—I I make you some new fans um, through this podcast here. You know, we just gotta get some more crossover here. And yeah, thanks to the internet and streaming and stuff, and YouTube just popping up videos like auto-playing and next the next <laughs> video. That kind of thing. It's,
1: it's, it's,
3: it's, it's interesting, too, though. I mean, just with anybody in my life, black, white, whoever, um, I've, what I've come to notice is that, like, when it comes to They Might Be Giants, people either get it and they all the way love it or they don't like it at all. Definitely. And so, like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that uh, a person's taste being tuned to them is necessarily a racial thing. Right. Um, but I, I, it, it'd be interesting to explore what those things were and and, and how those things might cross-sect with race.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, They Might Be Giants are not overly political in their lyrics. I think they, they go for like a timeless quality, but like the Else is very much um, a George W. era album. Um, you know, I'm impressed. It's pretty much about just like the war-loving Republicans and. You know, I like fun is said to have been you know such a dark album inspired by you know the Trump presidency, and so other not you know uh, other than like road movie to Berlin, like they don't tie themselves to like a particular era a lot, but like if you follow them on Twitter, which I'm y- mm-hmm. you you do right For like sure. Fl- Flansburg just firing off stuff very lefty stuff, which I love, and I think probably loses them some fans, but they're probably like fuck it, you know, this is what we you know. Me and John Linnell agree that uh, this is uh, some fucked up times we live in. Right. So I I feel like their politics um, would play pretty well in the black community that I feel like if if their stuff got into the ears of some, you know, black kids these days that they might
3: like them. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I think it's possible, but I also think it's like... (sighs) Again, like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about just this nuance for a second. And I think that like when it comes to the kind of messages that I've seen be maximally effective or impactful in places where I live, they're a lot more straightforward. Um, there's a lot less room for interpretation. So like sure, a political message that resonates in my neighborhood right now would be fuck Donald Trump. And <laughs> and, and, and and so like, you know, the fact that they don't make songs that are that overt, which is something I appreciate, but it's just not something that's like going to resonate a lot with, you know, these, you know, this kind of community anyway.
1: Right.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. So do, do you live in a um, predominantly a uh, black neighborhood then? in Absolutely. LA? Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, 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 yep.
1: You
2: know, I feel like if they might be giants released, they've released plenty of live stuff and they have, hilarious banter they will get political in their banter but yep. they haven't they haven't released a live album where they really keep in the cursing and the political stuff i mean i saw them on tour with uh for the i like fun tour in indianapolis and and they played uh, Tippecanoe and Tyler, too, which I live in Tippecanoe County. You know, William Henry Harrison was, you know, his whole like battle against, you know, slaughtering the savages as they would have known them then, you know, getting, you know, get get, get those Indians out of here was, was essentially his claim to fame and how he became president. So they went <laughs> Tippecanoe and Tyler, too, right into James K. Polk. And they basically <laughs> prefaced it with... um now, here's a couple songs about assholes. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the kind of thing that, like, if they release a live album where, you know, maybe they, they could put the explicit logo on it, you know, next to the stream or on the CD or whatever. I feel like that kind of thing could really resonate with a whole new crowd.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it'll be this crowd, but a whole new crowd sure. for sure. You
2: know? Yeah, like you know, let you know they're they're public about their opinions on social media. They're public about their opinions in between songs, but in the songs, yeah, there's a lot of digging to to find out that you know I'm impressed is about George W. Bush or just like the war on terror, whereas you know it's not as straightforward oh, wow. as. You know your your songs have a lot of awesome references, a lot of metaphors, mm-hmm. but you also say stuff like "fuck you" if you're a white man. That assumes I speak for black folks, like stuff just yeah. like right there where you don't have to think too hard about it to know what you're getting at.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it rap is just it's a, a a a form that more demands for you to say uh, some some measure of things very straightforward in a very straightforward way uh, where. Right. You know, in, in rock music, you can get a lot more ephemeral um, with the imagery and, and kind of paint a picture. Um, with rap, a lot of times you just have to kind of speak a little more directly.
2: Right, 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 right. Um, I, I mean, the the more lighthearted thing I like about a lot of your raps is the... Um, I mean, like the Vox video was talking about you coming up in, in Chicago and talking about, like, punchlines in rap songs, which I think are... Awesome, and that's one of my favorite things about, uh, you know, stuff like like Outkast, you know, you political messages that are that come across as, with, like, jokes, but there's a message, I mean, like Bombs Over Baghdad or any, you know, any song that, like, has a deeper meaning, but also it'll tell you the message, like, right up front, mm-hmm. but it'll also make some kind of, like, funny turns of phrases, too. That's the stuff I really enjoy. Hello, Sorry, what was it? There was a little garbling there. No, no.
3: I was, I was uh, kind of saying thank you, but without saying thank you, I was saying, yeah. you know, yeah, being short of gratitude.
2: I do think also the uh, the whole fucking coronavirus thing, everybody is online right now. I mean, my, my wife is teaching graduate courses uh, virtually, you know, to like seven masters and PhD students in Spanish. Uh, over the internet, so like servers are probably just crashing everywhere.
3: Yeah, servers are nuts right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, it is the time where you said you, you probably needed to wrap up. So uh-huh. th- we we could tra- we could get right to the final segment, or if you have time to hear a few covers, we could zoom through that. Uh, what what would you prefer?
3: Yeah, I probably need to go on the sooner side.
2: Okay, so there is. If do you have time for one cover? Because there's a pretty. Kind of important one Or one that has a little more So Logan Whitehurst and the Junior Science Club This is a guy who drummed for a band Called the Velvet Teen Did you ever hear the Velvet Teen? I have not Darling
1: you me
4: When I catch your eye, It's all that I can see now
2: Yes, they are a very obscure band. I own one of their albums. This guy actually died of brain cancer at 29. Um, he had to quit the band as a drummer. And I just sent you the link to this in the um, the G chat there. This guy, Logan Whitehurst, recorded... Um, it's called the Mini Album of Love, L-U-V. And it includes a cover of Weep Day and... Um, it's got a cool little squeeze box right in the art. The art is very cool. So I want you to check this one out and just give me your thoughts because I feel like we need to give a little tribute to this guy, Logan Whitehurst. I mean, he died very tragically and very young. Um, and this cover is great.
1: I never went to the tropical island Though everybody said they saw me there And it wasn't me who punched a hole in At the West German Protest March
3: kind of sounds like if if the beach boys did weep day
2: little, little <laughs> sounds to me like if a uh, real big fish did weep day.
3: yeah it's like a, yeah like a sky kind of
2: <laughs> yeah and that's yeah, why I mean, i'm totally jamming on it because i grew up on that shit
3: so it's real it's real cool but it's 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 more polished than i want for that song i like i like i would i like that song as as kind of homely as it originally is or yeah. homelier you know yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I want it to get uglier rather than prettier in terms of the, <laughs> the production of it you know
2: yeah yeah so in the in the interest of time, I'm gonna drop in a couple clips here and you can it can listen later if you want. Uh, there's a couple MIDI covers, one by Gravis ultrasound, so I'll drop a clip of that in here. Old school MIDI cover. another MIDI cover on SoundCloud, Let Me Crazy from Huntington, New York. They seem to have disbanded, but they did a pretty cool uh, kind of lo-fi rock cover of Weep Day as well.
1: Yeah! I never went to the tropical island Though everybody said they saw me there And it wasn't me who punched a hole in At the West German protest march Simultaneous against the not We were isolated, temple. And one never call the whole thing. No one thought there's a so Every man is made a tour of three years, And I'm has a second now and it's on the top of the top of the weekday, F.E.R.A. on the of the on the top of of the weekday, I've been a for work in the be-sing, I didn't sit a line before this one, And i am not for what will address addressing, That was his take a trip to Africa, A new medical from Belgium, Who is now being B.E.S.T.E.L.A. Who is now Who is a the
2: The last segment, I did not tell you what the last segment is, but I'm going to make you score this song. Now, here's how we do it. Uh, Zero to ten, which you're not going to give it a zero. I know that much. So decimals are acceptable, like kind of whatever pitchfork scoring style. And you're not scoring it against De La Soul songs. You're scoring it against the They Might Be Giants canon. So whatever your very favorite songs are, those you know w- that would be a ten. Where does Weep Day fall? What would you score it? Uh, uh, One to ten. Nine
3: point
2: two five. Oh, very nice. I love yeah. that. That yeah, he took it to the hundredth place. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, and I never think about my score until after I talk to my guest because I like to be influenced by the conversation we have, and I think. <sighs> Mmm, it is one of my favorite of the early B-sides for sure, and it's a shame that they don't play it. It's it's weird that they didn't release it for so long. You know, we had our hypotheses about that, but I love Weep Day. It's just short and sweet, gets to the point, it gets weird, and it gets out. Um, the style is great, the lo-fi nature is great. Mmm, I'm gonna go... 8.1. I got to leave some headroom. Okay. I got to leave some headroom, man. Yeah, my tens are, you know, Dr. Worm, She's an Angel, that kind of stuff. You know, you got to leave room.
3: She's an Angel is an amazing goddamn song.
2: Oh, it's the best. Yeah, if you ever have time to listen to any of the episodes, that is a great one. Um, the I Am Not Your Broom episode with Franz Nikolai we talk a lot about the working man, uh, uh, the social and cultural elements of being an accordionist. Um, being like an immigrants instrument, we get pretty heavy with this song that was a released on a kids own. So, um, thanks so much, Mike, for being on. It's really been a pleasure. I, you know, when your manager emailed me back, I, you know, I'm always surprised that when I get replies for you know people on the uh, with your stature in the you know indie rap world in the indie rock world, whatever. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking time in the middle of a uh wednesday to uh talk to me (laughs) is it it wednesday
3: i don't know what day it is god i know
2: (laughs) just being trapped inside holy cow i have to start e-teaching on monday and Uh. it's not gonna it's not gonna go well because it's in rural indiana there are at one of my town so one of the towns i teach in has 2500 people that's the whole town and there's 160 kids in the school and Nineteen of them do not have internet access because oh of, of either um, the income level of the household or they're out on a farm where they can't wow. physically get Comcast to get out there. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be rough. And we had to send home a lot of paper materials for those kids, and we sent home iPads that never usually go home. Oof. You know, hopefully, you know, the government money will pay for stuff that gets broken or lost because um, we're kind of expecting that to happen. So. You know, we'll make do of it. I'm starting a YouTube channel for the schools and I'll do little music lessons on YouTube, you know, it'll work out.
3: That sounds great.
2: You know, stay safe, man. You too, man. (laughs) Family safe. Take care, dude. Thanks again. Everyone check out Open Mike Eagle. And um yeah. We'll uh we'll check you later.
3: Awesome, man. Take care.
2: Roll credits. This might be a pod at gmail.com. Website is this might be Check out this might be a Got some new covers up there from the live episode uh, they'll need a crane's finally up there. Averin Keating's new track that we collaborated on as the Purple Pansies. <laughs> Go grab those. They're all free. This might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Call and leave me a voicemail 224-801-2930 Do it! We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram Cool things Yeah, awesome
1: we did for your own. We for your own. We for your We for your We for your for your We your Whip for your
4: Whip